It's the icon. It's the legend. My dear friend Curtis Sleva, what a day you had yesterday, brother. Yes, but wait. That pales in comparison to the time machine I'm getting on. All right. The year was 1962. 62, the year the Mets came into existence. There was a 17-year-old free agent out of Monroe High School that had last produced the greatest Jewish hitter of all time, Hank Greenberg, who the Yankees would not take even though he was in their backyard because he was a Jew. Not only that, but Hank Greenberg married the owner of Gimbel's, if you remember that department store, married uh, his daughter, and I think his in-laws hated him too because he was Jewish. I think. Wait a second. Back then, Macy's, Gimbel's, uh, all the CEOs, all the owners were Jews. You know that. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Is that anti-Semitic? But anyway, <laughs> let me progress. So I'm at with my Uncle Steve and Aunt Mary in Howard Beach, old Howard Beach, he, devoted Met fan, because obviously the Dodgers and Giants had moved away. So he's listening. Yeah. I think the, By the, way, the Dodgers and Giants moved away in 1957, so... All those fans had to go five years. They couldn't root for the Yankees. They no. were the enemy. No, no, so he's... they started rooting for other teams around the country, like the L.A. Dodgers, San Francisco Giants. But if you're curious as to why the Mets wear blue and orange, it's because the Brooklyn Dodgers wore blue. The New York Giants, Willie Mays, wore orange. So that's why the Mets had those colors when they were born in 1962. All right, but this is a Curtis Lee with Super Sports Spectacular. Let's match sports trivia here. So my Uncle Steve actually came from Detroit, and he told me, you know, because he was a devoted Tiger fan, hated the Yankees like all Tiger fans, said there was a kid out of Baltimore out of high school, played for the Detroit Tigers in right field, right out of high school. Youngest guy at that time ever to play, start a major league game, right out of high school. Same was Al Kaline. Pretty good hitter. (laughs) And with an arm. He had a gun. Great player. So... He's listening to the game because uh, it was on radio. I forget which station. And I think the Mets are getting blown away by the Cubs at the polo ground. Gil Hodges was at first base. And they replaced Gil Hodges for defensive purposes. And they announced Eddie Crane pulled yes. in for Gil Hodges. My Uncle Steve went nuts. <laughs> yeah. Who's this guy, Eddie Crane? who's 17 years old. <laughs> and then he goes on and on. And then Eddie Cranepool started the next game. It wasn't quite Wally Pip, you know, with Lou Carroll. No, 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 no. The Not second, exactly. The second game, he actually got a hit, and you know the rest of that story. But the fact was that I saw Eddie Cranepool for the first time on TV years later on Kiner's Corner. I love Kiner's Corner. I hated the Mets. But let's face it, they were all half in the bag. Ralph Kinder, by the time yeah, he Ralph Kinder was not half in the bag. Ralph Kinder was worse than Howard Cosell on Monday Night Football. He was in the bag. Understood, but it was a great hit. <laughs> oh, it, was a, so it, was, this... it was a horrible show. It was so bad no, you no. couldn't help but watch it. <laughs> right. Whoever the star <laughs> of the game was, whether friend or foe. It didn't matter. You were on Kinder's corner. Yeah. And I remember Ed Cranepool was going on and on out of high school. By the way, Ralph Kiner was a tremendous hitter, too. Oh, bad baseball teams Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh. Pirates, yeah. the old Forbes yeah. field. Great. But anyway, Gilhart, how many people would know that Ed Cranepool's first game was to replace the great Gilhart? I think a lot of Met fans would know that, but not most people. Because, and then later on, of course, it was Cranepool and the hammer, John Milner, who split time at uh, first base, and then when the Mets won that World Series in 69, 
the starting first baseman was Don Clendenin, not Eddie. Although Eddie did play a lot that year. Yes, yes. It uh, was great rotator. Came, I think he came from the Pittsburgh Pirates. I right? think he did, Clinton. too, yes. But, but, now, but you're right, yes. Eddie ask. did uh, did uh, take over for Gil I Hodges. I was not a big Met fan. You were not. You were, you were a Yankee fan. But at the 3rd Avenue Festival this year, there were two guys sitting there signing let, autographs. Let me guess. Ron Svoboda nope. and Ed Cranepool. No, Eddie Cranepool and the Hebrew Hammer, Art Chamsky. Oh, the great. You know, we try to get Art on today. We got, we got Cranepool instead, but... Art's been in these studios many times. In fact, Bernard loved him over the last couple of years. He's written great books. He's a wonderful guy. Oh, he is. But I think they got Art Chamsky from the Cardinals, I think. Oh, the Reds. The That's Reds. right, the Reds. Uh, the Hebrew Hammond. And I said to Eddie Cranepo, I said, you know, Sid is such a big Met fan. Did he offer one of his kidneys to you when you were looking <laughs> to replace your kidney? Now, did you? Come on. You're such a big Met fan. I am a diehard Met fan. You knew that Ed Cranepool was yeah. dying. Did yeah. you at least submit to a test? Of course you didn't. No, I actually offered yours, Dad Cranepool. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a second. Would a Jewish kidney work in a Gentile? I think it would. Absolutely. That could have been a great experiment. <laughs> so I want to move. Uh, that's great stuff, Can I mention one other thing? Go ahead. Give me one more. I am so pissed off at my wife, Nancy. Excuse me? Yesterday she was on the Rip and Read because she was doing the deep dive on stories. And all of a sudden she chastised me. She took Justin Ellick's side in our ongoing battle about the curse of George Norcross upon the Eagles who are playing Sunday night. Well, let me just know they're playing Monday night. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Monday you got night. two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and the Eagles visit Tampa Bay on Monday night. And I would never, ever disparage or dishonor your wife, Nancy. You know how much I love her. No, you I should. I really do. She is a thousand percent wrong. You are a thousand percent no, right. No, it was nothing over that because she doesn't know about sports like oh, that. She okay. loves baseball. She's a Yankee fan. Okay. But Justin had done a cut for me on the Rip and Read, and he claimed he was right. I was wrong. We had a big battle right on the air. And Nancy intervenes and takes Justin's side and says, I got to take you for a hearing test. You, you can't hear anymore. I'm like in your condition, both of us. You take our headphones off. The next person who puts the headphones on, my God, they throw the headphones down. Yep. They gotta go. They think they blew out their eardrums. Me, me, you, and Steve Summers have the same issue. Oh, Philadelphia, Steve <laughs> Summers. I hate Philly. But anyway, let's go to what we were doing yesterday. First of all, I have breaking news for you. As you know, even before I talk about it on the Rip and Read, Monday through Fridays, 12 to 1, or when I broadcast all weekend long, Yesterday, I had this story. I wasn't going to give it to anybody, except for you, Sid. Breaking news, WABC. So I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty of how the NYPD had sent 200 cops for a demonstration of people who are pro-cop. Meantime, they have a demonstration in Times Square last night where people were supporting the Hooties. Right. And that's not Hootie and the Blowfish. And, no, no, and Hamas, too, those exactly. same people, yes. Exactly. I have 200 cops. They brought out the drone again. I actually sent you a video where I'm talking to the drone. They have it hovering right above me. Three times I said, we're pro-cop. You didn't, you didn't need any cops here. But, but, so anyway, the bottom line is, I now find, find out two things. A, number one. The captains, lieutenants, and deputy inspectors no longer call the shots at any kind of gatherings. They send the legal team of the NYPD. So the cops have to consult with legal before they do anything. That's why nothing gets done. And I watched this personally. Robert Holden tipped me off to this when we had that big meeting the other day. He said they have to go to legal and get permission. 
That's why nothing gets done. Lawyer cops. Do you want cops to be lawyers who are members, card-carrying members of the ACLU? By the way, it's not just cops. Anytime, quote-unquote, legal gets involved in any business, any business, it's a death knell. But I saw with my own eyes these cops were going up to legal. Hey, they're in the streets. They're giving out pamphlets. What do we do? What do we do, legal? And you could see them mulling. Gee, what case law? What, what, what should we do? And then the news that nobody else has. Uh, how many times were you in Coney Island Hospital in your life? You ever get slashed, punched, uh, jacked up uh, by any of your friends along Ocean Parkway? Uh, maybe the Syrians who decided you really weren't a good Jew and they wouldn't invite you to deal New Jersey? I was living on East 8th and Avenue U. Yes. I had just gotten married. The year was 1993. And I got uh, beat up outside a bar by the owners of the bar. On Flappish Avenue. You probably deserved it at that I time. I 100% deserved it. They told me to stop doing something, which I continued to do. Of course. That was one of the two times I was there. But just so you know, when I was uh, in high school, I wanted to be a doctor. Or my parents wanted me. I was Jewish. Of, of course. course. Right. Or doctor or lawyer. Right. So, well, doctor. So um, I did a program where you had an opportunity to intern at hospitals. And I did that work at Coney Island Hospital, and I worked specifically on the unit that had children that were battered. The true story. And the first day I was there, they had a little boy on the floor. He was six, and his father took his eye out. I swear to God. And I went home. I told my mom and dad. I said, I don't want to go back. I was a young kid. I was crying. Sure. Go back. The next day. A kid died from cancer, and I knew the parents there, too. So long story short, I was not going to be a doctor based on my experiences with kids at Coney Island Hospital. Well, now, there are 25 cases of individuals who have active tuberculosis. Tuberculosis? That are being housed in Coney Island That's Hospital. That's a very, very infectious disease. Yeah, huh? right. It takes like nine months to get rid of it. you got to go through a whole regimen. It's worse than scabies. Re- remember, I had latent TB. I, I had do to take, remember that, I yes. had to take horse pills every Saturday. And let me tell you something, I'll knock you out. 